The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Hello, again, from Sue Rose Minahan, and it's Talk Cosmos on 1150 AM radio. Once again, we're speaking of Aries. It's the beginning of the archetype. Archetypes include the house, the first house, the zodiac, the horoscope, the planet, that the sign rules. And right now, the sun, in its wonderful cycle of orbits, is visiting Aries, our beginning, our motion that we've thrust forward, and why that aligns with our seeds. Archetypes reflect the cosmos, that form, and the unseen is the cosmos as the intertwine in the manifestations that we have in this world. And the archetypes, Carl Jung, this is recapping a little bit from last time, but we may have new listeners and we welcome you to 1150 KKNW, their collective unconsciousness. They're from our past. We keep rebuilding them. It's part of our humanity's experience that we keep dialoguing with. So in this archetypal, it's Aries and Mars, as Mars is that influential planet that connects with Aries, that strength and that seed that pushes through to keep going because going through things is not always just a simple click of the TV that sometimes the mental can get caught up in. It's a real experience and that's what Aries wants. It's fire. It wants experience and that's how it lives. That's how it sees. It's an instinctive sign. Today, as of right now, we have two planets that are very prominent in our influential sphere One is Uranus, it's an outer planet, and it has lived in this sign for seven years, since 2010, affecting a lot of influences. Remember, it's influences. We have free will and we cause whatever effects. And it is handing its torch, you might say, to Chiron, because next week, Chiron, which has a very amazing characteristic that I will expand a bit on before I introduce our guest will be visiting orbiting you might say the cycle a four and a half year cycle in Aries also so one is at the very end and one is at the very beginning they're having a commune and a conversation because that's how these orbital cosmos expert uh, relationships are everything's a relationship with Chiron, well, to start with Chiron, I suppose. Well, let's start with Uranus. Uranus is just ending. And Uranus is a planet that is all about authenticness. It gives great insights through lightning bolts where you see the vision. Rick Levine often re- well expresses it that way. And the vision is sighted. You see the reality. There's no denying it yet. Boop, it's gone. And then what are you left with? And it could be, depending on the vision, quite a bit to readjust. And if we don't listen, well, then that's why they call it the trauma sign. 
it has a lot its goal is to improve it wants the authentic real self it is a mentality mind it does so with chiron chiron is a very intriguing anomaly you might say it was discovered in 1977 it was first a minor planet they call it a dwarf planet and it was established as such this is what it is and then oh, oh wait a minute it looks like a comet it's blazing forth well then they made it as a comet so unlike any others it has this dual reality and that will relate as we go on it's also the sign of the shaman and i might be uh, tying that in in just a moment because chiron as a comet looking at the physical and all of this with our astrology to find meaningfulness with this program is what are the depths and we get clues and observing is a clue listening is a clue and observing this comet minor dwarf or dwarf planet chiron as it comes in it's larger than most it's chiron is a centaur in mythology and rightfully so because it's one of a herd and there are since 200 plus asteroids out there but as an asteroid is a comet it's really redefined the whole sense of what we're looking at and that's important to realize too in the symbolism as we go on with chiron as a comet it has this gaseous frozen form it's very elliptical the orbit goes 50 years and it goes way out to uh the outer limits of Uranus and comes in close to Mars it's pretty huge and it's frozen and as it gets close to the sun it passes the liquid space liquid process and goes right to a tail and then as it re- goes away it immediately freezes underneath underneath submerged hidden unresourced it's large it's one of the largest so that's the physicality of it that we can get a little information chiron itself was the wounded healer and chiron is the wheel of initiation which really relates to aries melanie reinhart who wrote the wonderful book chiron and the healing journey that is a real resource to reflect and check on introduced Chiron as such the wheel of initiation Aries initiation they are together it is our time it symbolizes she says our condition it doesn't mean here or there up or down we've improved it is what it is it's our condition before we embark consciously on this path of initiation as she says and to a spiritual awakening and really the whole matter is it relates with in that mythology of saturn saying that we have responsibility for our inner life because who else is going to take care of it right mama was wonderful or maybe not but the truth is we're our own body this is our world that we inhabit and so this really comes into a question uh um that we will discuss later in this program to wrap up this thoughts before i introduce annie annie hart who will be our wonderful guest for today to speak of that chiron also is the ancient shaman the horse mounted oh i did not say chiron was half horse and half human 
rejected by his own mother, horrified. It symbolizes that the nature part of us, just like we do the cosmos and our human part. There's some thought that maybe there were ancient horsemen from Eurasia, along with some cemeterians, and speaking. But the symbolism is what we're really working on here. And it is that suffering, that journey. And the suffering not only being rejected, because according to the myth, the Greek myth, Chiron was the foster, his foster father was Apollo, the god of the sun, identity, self. And he learned many, many things and was a great healer, a great teacher to the gods. Music, uh, wisdom, was a prophet, physician, teacher. Hercules was one of his students, and there was a party of celebration. This is one way that the myth goes. And the centaurs got excited when they smelled the wine and stampeded, and Hercules' arrow fell upon Chiron's leg, his animal leg. And he was wounded. And being a demigod, he could not heal himself. This pain, we have pains. All of us have some part of us that seemingly is unaccessible. We see it, we dream of it, we know it. Sometimes we don't really know it. And I can say that just for this show, I've dreamt my own dreams, and yet coming upon this particular show manages to give that platform. My own Chiron is in Sag, in the third house, and that might be Greek to some of you, but it does have to do about beliefs and belief structures finding the patterns of life, and communicating them. And voila, here we are. So for myself, I'm, it's quite a learning adventure. And with Chiron, all of us have something that we want to seek that's our true identity deep down. Aries will be an initiation So I think I'll bring up Chiron later. And at this point, I want to introduce Annie. Annie's a brave and a sensitive soul. And I thank you, Annie Hart. She's a spiritual coach, a counselor, a realtor, and an individual who awakened to her true authentic identity as a female. She broke in an Aryan, that's Aries, venture, in that fourth motion going forward. And true to those insights of Uranus, that outer planet of lightning bolts, vision, offering her a sudden vision of her authenticity. I hope I said that well. Authenticness. It awakens us to the freedom of our real self. Especially now, as I said, there is that great commune celebration between the two planets, Uranus and Chiron, that energetically we're all going to be experiencing if we haven't already because it it sheds later and I'll read take a few moments to read a letter that she had written as part of a bio and you can notice Annie and get in touch with her on our website talkcosmos.com because we have all the speakers there which is more of a bulletproof not bulletproof but <laughs> pardon me but itemized uh, uh, definitions of who a person is but this is in her words because she, she has lots to say and this won't spare her any words ever since I was old enough to ponder 
that the existence of a creator, she was, I, because this is really in the third place, but I will change it, was driven by an unquenchable thirst to know and to be in relationship with what was called God. This underlining thirst was unceasingly throughout my life, and no matter what life experiences, including being a parent, father to four children, and an entrepreneur who built a successful produce distribution company, and at the time considered a he, whatever I was going through, my attention always was drawn to my spiritual search. So in recent years, I found I was looking for what I was looking for, and now that place of deep knowing, my heart, my passion to take as anyone into that area of that I'm elaborating a little bit on this, that's hungry for a direct experience of their very self, the heart of all, source of life. Uh, so essentially, Annie says, because I'm about to finish this, because you've listened well enough to me, uncovering and rediscovering my authentic gender to be female, I transitioned from my former male identity to that of Annie, heart. This dramatic shift in bodied expression is a gateway to an opening of my heart and voice to be a service to humanity, which leads me to say, Chironic, the depth of the inner voyage, which is the, what Chiron is asking us to bravely leap forward into recognizing and experiencing, is a service to the other because that in itself, it's, it, why can't we access it? In part because it's not ours alone. It, it needs to be shared, and that's the angst. Okay, Annie, hello, and thank you. I sure welcome you. Hello, Sue. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here and to share with everyone who's listening. Indeed. You know, we have spoken on various ideas of the spiritual journey, and it, it, it really relates strongly with your uh, sudden realization and your willingness and not just willingness. I think it's beyond that. As you were saying, it's really that uh, unparalleled need that, that is the path and there's no turning away from it. And for the purpose, perhaps you can expound on what that freedom to really be personified in the totality of this new expression your path has allowed you yeah i'd be happy to um so as you read in in the bio intro there my lifelong um hair on fire the thing that wouldn't leave me alone no matter what was going on in my experiencing was this passion to know the truth of the nature of reality if you will so when that was discovered, what many have called enlightenment, um, self-awareness, self-realization, etc. Um, after that, there was such bliss that I spent most of my time, even while I was doing activity was doing through me, uh, I was able to access the meditative state, the state of, it's not a state, but pure being, like the, the natural ease that is our natural state prior to thought and that is um, unaffected by thought. It's, a, it's, an it's, an, it's always accessible in the heart, and it's a felt sense of presence. And 
and to boil it down into simple terms that people might be able to get in touch with for themselves is um, as you could ask yourself the question and it's not a question for the mind but it's um, how do you know that you exist that sense of existence is not conceptual and it doesn't it doesn't provide any information for the mind it bypasses the mind and goes right to the core of our being which is uh, inseparable from and the same same as and came out of the one heart so f- i would i would go there i would go there the the angst that i felt at that point after awakening was it became increasingly difficult to be in a body to be to be in this dense realm because the appearance um, I mean, let's face it, most of the human experience throughout the history of human consciousness on this planet has been one of suffering. And um, as the Buddha and many others have pointed out, the nature of existence is inextricably linked with suffering. And so it became really painful to be embodied. And so in a nutshell, there was all of this uh, awareness and it was like words were bottled up inside of me because the heart could not help but share this but it was i look back now and it was a ripening it was an incubation it was um it was like wine sitting in a cask uh, or fine whiskey or whatever that takes years and years to age and the more it ages and is and is sort of kept in this dark safe environment it ages and and by the time it's fully aged it's it's good to drink you know it's it's mm. reached its savory peak so that's what there was like a deliberate um, limitation on my voice, an ability to to uh, speak this and to share this, and it was part of it was that aging process, and and what I found out uh, the moment that I realized that I was um, authentically female and had been uncovered or had been um, covered up most of my life and didn't have access to. Once the female identity came, it'll it. It put everything in alignment, if you will. Everything chinked into place for the integration, um, the embodiment of of the divine in form. And so that at that instant, and it was a very explosive, instantaneous moment. My I felt like my voice opened up, my heart cracked wide open, and I could feel a depth of emotion and and love and um, and things that I hadn't been able to access. And um, so congruent with the opening of the heart was also the opening of the voice. And so, again, it was still the, not, not the full ripeness and time to share, but within the last year especially, there's a, the voice is, is wide open and um, flow with the heart. And so I'm here I sharing. <laughs> Yes, you are, and I am <laughs> glad of it. You know, it is really a matter to recognize about the vessel. On the one hand, a person could say, well, it is that vessel, and that's what it is. But the reality is, is that the vessel is only a shape, a container. And mm-hmm. and, and it goes deeper. I know that you were talking. I mean, it, 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 what I'm trying to say is it's, a, it's that... Um, What's making up the container is also important. It's not. It's a whole totality, a unification. And I know that you were talking about because there's uh, connections with other people that are um, in our in this world of ours that 
are also uh, re-identifying their their role as the sexual because the sexual has had you know from from ancient times uh, what the what our form was made a difference you, know, you have to fight the mastodons like mm-hmm. I was mentioning once and mm-hmm. the women you know birthing the little babies would try to find the food and, and so the roles were set and then as people got together it was also the strength and, and these things but now as we evolve there is increasingly mental and I was listening to one of your talks and it reminded me too of this fifth dimension of space which we all are aware of even Mars the um, time the ruling planet or influential of Aries right now I mean NASA I keep getting this these space com blurbs daily on my computer and it says that we're rocketing off to Mars pretty soon so in a very Aryan fashion um <laughs> So what I'm getting at is we are really in many forms looking as to what is our reality now? How can we increase this spatial out of just what physicality? Because we are part of physicality. We can't deny that. And that's, again, something we need to unify. So you, So I'm asking a couple of things or just expressing some things here for you to... To, to, to expound on because so in one hand it would be what the community of others that are in uh, questioning their not questioning but uh, realigning their identity mm-hmm. you know as whether they're gay or and as you said now being called queer which is hard it had such a bad connotation at one time but if that is acceptable as you say so what they're, because they're looking at identity as broader, a broader view. Mm-hmm. Am I making, is mm-hmm. that registered? Okay. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll address that. Um, so first of all, I want to put everything in context, so I'm going to do this as quickly as possible. All of reality is, um, is like, uh, it goes from the absolute infinite, down to the, the the minutest particle. So that's the nature of everything that is. And so when I talk about the absolute, that would that's synonymous with all that is, the, the one infinite creator that contains and is and is everything. And so if you imagine looking through a telephoto lens and um, you're, you, you're zoomed out all the way and that is the absolute and that's where, that's what's accessible in meditation and any time actually that the mind is still. Um, there's there's the actual experience of that because without thought we are there's no limitation because it's our world only makes sense in in uh, in terms of languaging uh, experience of close in so now we're going to go from the zoom lens into we're going to mm-hmm. zoom into one planet of one of infinite universes and then in that planet we're narrowing it down to a timeline of the 21st century and further and further down so all that to say that what we're talking about in terms of gender is one aspect of the personality, which is a subset of how the infinite expresses itself in body. And so you were talking about the awakening of the planet. The awakening, first of all, has to happen 
internally. It's the awakening of the connection, the the knowing that you're not separate from the source out of which you came. Now, from that place, from the place of awakeness, awareness of what you are, then you can put yourself as an individuated portion, one out of infinity, an expressor, experiencer of the infinite in form. So now you have a you have a context and a sense of well-being about who you are as an individual. You no longer see yourself as separate from all of creation. So now we zoom into the relative experience after awakening. And gender identity is one of of countless parts of our identity. Um, one of the reasons why it's up so much right now is because human consciousness has evolved to the point where um, we're, we're beginning to uncover more and more of the vastness of infinity embodied. And it's the layers are are, are infinite. So yes. up until now, there's been a very tight definition of gender roles. And like you said, it was there was a biological environmental imperative for there to be a distinction between two distinct um, genders and the attributes of, they were pretty clearly defined attributes and expectations of each gender. We're now at a time where it's, it's not as relevant. There doesn't, um, the cooperation between the genders is, um, it's changed how it, how it was. We see, we see males that are staying home with children and vice versa and, and everybody in the workplace. And now what's the phenomenon that we're seeing right now is, um, there are thousands, if not millions, of young people born who are who are incarnated and are now maybe in the from from a few years old up into the teen years and and older that are questioning. It's it's naturally arising that now wait a minute, I don't know that I can really pin my identity of who I am in a body. I don't know that I can really pin that down to a this or a that. And so there's new terms have had to come out to explain this phenomenon if you will this this deeper knowing this vaster understanding of infinity embodied in the relative of where we are now so new terms such as gender non-binary these are these are beings who they see that um, gender identity in human beings is not a is not this or that it's a it's a it's a spectrum from from one one to the other, like as male as you can get and as female as you can get, and yes. everything in between. Each of us, whether we identify as male or female, have attributes that look like or that are common to to it all. So there's oh, a blending of that. And so, yes. And so that's part of the reason, if you will, why that's showing up is because in mass, uh, humans being humans being on the planet Earth are awakening. And it's it's like popcorn popping, and it's it starts mm -hmm. out just a pop now and then, and you think that there's the thing is a dud, it's not going to pop anymore, and all of a sudden you hear pop 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 pop. Yep. So the acceleration of that is happening now, and those of us who are awake are here in service to that. Oh, Annie, thank you, a hundred percent. This, in a nutshell, and then we're, I'm going to say a few words, and then we're going to have a little announcement. Um, is that our but, yes, it's like yin and yang, the two opposites with a little speck in the other, and this beautiful force that through the body that we know of, I mean, we are body, and that people can relate as maybe distant as it might be from their own experience, consciously 
you are acting, I might say, as a chironic soul, sharing and teaching, like the looking glass through another vision, how to see and integrate these parts. Because yes, as we know in, in astrology too, we have Mars, we have Venus. You know, we're not purely our one identity and all that. So I bless you. I am going to now give a little... Uh, open up the phone line for everybody after this announcement. And that number is 888-298-5569. I finally got it right. And the questions can be on your chart. I mean, if on a personal level, if, if you would. I, my own software is down, so I can't bring up anything about Chiron. But I can answer something about Aries. We're sticking with the archetype, so it won't be a full consultation. For that matter, you can contact me at um, info at talkcosmos.com. But, yes, so do call, and if you have any thoughts and ideas, that was 888-298-5569. take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We're currently in the period of Aries. By leaving a cycle based upon completion, the energy of Aries sparks initiation, creating action to separate into a new cycle of life. It's a fire sign, which means it will involve great emotion. And because separation may create resistance, it also takes great courage to break away to new ways of becoming. Hi, this is Liz Machette, astrologer, tarotist, Reiki master teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Hello. We're back again, and that number is 888-298-5569. And if we don't receive any calls, that's okay, too, but the lines are open, and someone will answer it. Meanwhile, I'll continue with Annie. We have She has much more to say, and this has been a good foundation. Because as a chironic soul, which I would say, truly, Annie, as more I pondered on Chiron, which I love this show for, it really is giving me that impetus to say, what is happening now? Let's understand it. It is that suffering that as Chiron wasn't able to heal himself and as that story might say for the Greeks it wasn't until Chiron could talk to Zeus or Jupiter the god of gods that he and offered to give his life to Prometheus another god that I mean, that was, uh, had given fire to mankind because he felt that mankind needed to live better than just in caves, have tools to grow on. And it is our spark. It is part of that Aryan life that we share that you're really talking about. But the, so Chiron did exchange his life. Now, that was in a sense of a true death. And as a result, I mean, freeing Prometheus 
and also uh, uh, been releasing himself from this pain. So the fact is, there is a real break, just like the Aryan way. I mean, this is symbolic. There, you know, from our context today, and so there's such as going from one physicality to the next physicality adjusts certain exterior things, although I know it's been supportive for you. But along with that is such as today where you're giving such great uh, sharing, such a, a connective voice that only you could do because of your experience. And that is of the teacher, the master teacher. And I know that you're a spiritually connected uh, counselor too. So I guess what I'm asking here is how you would, we can branch out here about how you see your path of, of sharing and how, or whatever it ignites in your thoughts right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I can relate to the, the what you shared previously about Chiron, the wounded healer. And in my life experience, there's there's some aspects of, of woundedness or suffering that that I can discuss really quick. And um, so one of those is from from the perspective of the absolute, if, as you awaken and you begin to see that all these circumstances that happen in your life do not make you a victim, and there wasn't a villain who was perpetrating um, these hardships and suffering on you, it was actually a great gift of love for the purpose of honing and polishing so that the embodied the embodied um, being, individuation of the one, is clearer, freer, um, free from the from the illusion that we're that we all come in with and the conditioning that gets layered on like a computer program that that contains all the do's and don'ts and can'ts and shouldn'ts and um so you observe children when they come in uh, children when they're old enough to be asked what do you want to be when you grow up they light up um you watch them at play they naturally create they they're curious about everything and that's that's what this appearance is all about it's it's exploring it's the, it's the one exploring itself in individuated form so the um the wounded sufferer the wounding is a is a is a constant reminder of being um, dependent on, if you will, um, not independent from from the source that is flowing life through us. But there's a there's a sweet dependency, um, and that woundedness brings us back in contact with our with our own limitations, and we're deliberately limited in form, but but we're infinitely empowered. It, through that connection of life, and so, what what wants to come through here is to share pure life as clearly and crisply as possible through a vessel that has been wounded and broken open um, to be of service. And so, um, I want to talk a bit about responsibility. So we're conditioned to feel like we are responsible for this, that, and the other thing. So the Responsible with an I, responsible. And what we find after we sort of wear ourselves out with with, uh, feeling responsible to so many um, outside influence or others in our life, what we find is that rather than responsibility, 
which in cases that it's appropriate, that naturally arises. But um, as, as, as circumstances arise that require um, the, the, um, the expression of the divine to, an, to another being, we are response-able. And so there, I, f- I don't feel responsible, but I feel response-able at the behest of life, at, be, at the behest of, bringing, uh, th- of the one who brings benefit to itself in all forms. There's a responsibility to, to, um, to share and, to, and to, bring, to bring people to their own, their own direct experience of what I'm speaking of, that what you are at the core is pure, pure being, pure godness. Well said. And I know I brought up, I think I brought up the word responsible. I, I've always thought and recognized that where else do you go except oneself? There's, uh, whether it's able or able, <laughs> it's really uh, that direction where you can pick yourself up or, and it's, it is that wonderful, well, I don't know if it's wonderful or what, but there's that constant reflection of other and self, for some of us more than others maybe. Um, I mean, but we all live these, we all live all of this. It's just in what balance, in what category, what recipe of life. So it's so true. But I love what you just said with individuation. It is really the crux of what we need and listening to oneself and connecting all of these necessities that you have had to journey through. And it is a journey. Is, is really the pivotal uh, platform of, of, of what any of us can do. We each have our own story, but your truth of finding your uh, embodiment as it was, that that's very clearly gives you credibility, I think, with a lot of people because they recognize, oh, this person really did have a lot to have to weather. And she's speaking from her heart, from experience. You know, it's, it's the truth here of, of knowledge. I mean, truth is relative except for cosmos. I mean, the, there is truth of um, the sun rises, the sun sets, we orbit the sun. You know? <laughs> there are things like that. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about the self, like there's, I want to I make a distinction between how I see the self. So... I oftentimes refer to um, the self of all, the one self, the absolute infinite creator, God, um, all that is. You know, I, I, that's like capital, capital S self to me. And um, many of the masters from past millennia have used that term interchangeably, and it was sort of the favorite term of many of them for the self. There's also a small s self, and that would be the capital S self individuated and expressing itself in, in, in form. And so we stream in with the only thing we're aware of is the small s self. Like it's me, me, myself, and I, and I'm all alone. And I'm separated from my source uh, when, we, when we're old enough to sort of give voice to that. That is the, in a nutshell, that's the angst of, of, human, of human beings who are asleep prior to awakening. When, when one realizes the self, capital S self, Everything is seen in that perspective. So, so when we talk about there's, 
we have to do something my I have to do something myself if we're coming from the place of the little s self it will be nothing but frustration because there's not it's like being unplugged it's like you a live rose is alive because it's connected to the soil the earth the nutrients when we imagine ourselves to be a separate small s self in effect what we've done in our, in our experiencing of life is it's like the live plant cut off. Our experiencing of life then is all conceptual, and it's and it's all um, contained in the mind, and it's and it's not juicy. It's not connected to the juice. So as it, we it, come back, as we come into touch, that we are the we're not only the little less self. We're not lost. We're not separate. We are, in fact, the embodiment of the capital S self. Everything takes a new dimension. Takes on a new dimension and a new. Uh, a sense of empowerment, but not personal power empowerment. Like I'm so powerful, I'm going to go blast something. It's um, it's being plugged into the universal generator, the universal life force that flows through us. So from that place is where we can actually be a benefit to the other, the other selves <laughs> that are inseparable from us as well, and to the extent that they're in remembrance of or awareness of. They're not only the little s self of an individual, they are the capital S self. And then we have a, a context by which to see each other from that perspective. And that's unity consciousness, if you will. Yes. It is, yes. And with astrology, too, uh, and the archetypes, this relationship, and one way they've, often put is is that we're the ocean and each of us is a wave mm -hmm. in the ocean mm -hmm. so yeah and here since we are talking a bit about how this relates with the archetypes the benefit of Aries is that there are always new starts we have this continual cycle that repeats it's a it's a kaleidoscope you know every planet has its orbit and they all connect and inter intertwine in their relationships so that in a sense it's like like if you were in a cave and there's stalagmites and stalactites uh, you know dripping with other lime and forming they it, it changes in its view of what it looks like I don't know if that's a great analogy but the point is that yes we are connected in our source and that's what's to be important. And how are we finding it? We're finding it through our experience, through this Aryan, take a leap, feel the fire, see the bolting light while Aranus is still in Aries for the next month till it goes into a more solidified form of Taurus. And we start thinking of values right now. And, and, and as the pieces might be broken up in our, whatever world we've seen that needs, that isn't, that's false, the connection is important to bring, like you're bring, pointing out, and I'm pointing out, of the, of the spirit and the mind, the soul and the body, rather than fragmented. And so this is, uh, I appreciate so much your uh, ability to, to, to speak on behalf of this need that we have. I think we have a brief uh, identification, station identification. I 
think we're having one about now. And then we'll close up after that. But I don't hear it. Oh. NHL star Matt Martin for American Humane. Hi, I'm Matt Martin, and in all my years of playing professional hockey, I've gotten my share of bruises and injuries. But for many who really put their lives on the line every day, it's not always the injuries you can see that hurt the most. I'm talking about our veterans. Every single day, 184 veterans are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress, and tragically, 20 take their own lives. When medications and therapy don't help, professionally trained service dogs can. American Humane, serving the U.S. military for over 100 years, has put together a free guide to help veterans obtain these life-saving service animals. If you are a veteran or know a veteran struggling with PTS, please go to AmericanHumane.org for this free, downloadable resource. Let's give our veterans the help they need to win their battle. For more information, visit AmericanHumane.org. Hi, this is Liz Machette, astrologer, taroist, Reiki master teacher, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. Oh boy, I sure love these public service announcements that KKNW comes out with. They're just marvelous. Because really, the warrior is the epitome also of this form of the double-edged sword that comes along and hurts, must cut, and then in ourself is cut too. So blessings to them. And and the, the lines are closed. We will continue next week with... Um, a show. Annie and I will continue, but just to announce that next week we'll begin Taurus, the sun orbits its cycle of Taurus, and that will be five weeks. At date, I have several that are lined up for the month, but not yet specifically for one for tomorrow, next week, and I know we will. We've just begun this quest, and I have some wonderful people that I'm getting in touch with, and each have significant thoughts and things to say and there's a lot of mythology too about venus in fact there's some that concerns mars and venus so as all cusps blend from one to the next it'll be fine to talk about that um yes so go to talkcosmos.com and you can see who our speakers will be and we're just getting united this week we're going to have the emails in force so if you want to connect you'll be able to do that um it's like the tides a little coming in a little going out hasn't quite been total but we're on the bridge here it's happening also if you're stream if you're in seattle you can hear but if you're streaming elsewhere 1150 kknw.com and they have apps you can put on your handy-dandy little phone. Okay, Annie, we have a few minutes before we can uh, sign off. Oh. Yeah. So and, yeah, go ahead. I have something to share. If whenever, if you have a question, oh, I'm happy to field I'm that ready. as well. Go ahead. So this comes up to say, and I want to put, um, I would like to, to put the science of astrology sort of in the 
in the context of what I've shared from the absolute into the the absolutely infinite into that infinity expressed um, in a in a pinhole, if you will, of itself. And so, astrology to me is this. And um, as you know, Sue, I lived with an astrologer for a few years, and um, and everything that she said, everything that she would share with me, lined up with what with what I knew to be, but and know nothing know and knew and still know virtually nothing about the science of astrology, but I have a deep respect for it. And to put it in the context of how I see it, the um the birth one's birth chart and everything else that is in the that is seen in the heavenlies from what we call the heavenlies from from our perspective is is a let's let's talk specifically about a person's birth chart and 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 all the layers and layers. I mean you've talked about one teeny bit of of a vast uh, array of of pointers and symbols in our and each individual's chart and and the collective and all the subsets etc. So the science of astrology, the what what that points to the the meaning, if you will, of astrology. What it how does it benefit us? Is here's something that for everyone to consider as um, the birth chart is an announcement. It's a love note. It's a love letter from the beloved, from your source, that out of which you came and with from whom, with whom you are inseparable. When the day that, that each of you incarnated, you came out of a womb, um, you came out of infinity, so, so to speak. Actually, that's not even so to speak. You came from everything that could ever be, every infinite potential, um, surrounded in nothing but unconditional love birthed into a relative experiencing of, of a little bit of infinity expressed in form into a into what could be called a rather shocking um, set of circumstances or um, the environment that we're born into at this stage of human evolution in this particular planet is dense. It's, it's rugged. It's tough. And so on the day of, that one in the, of one's incarnation, in the birth chart you see a, an immaculate, um, indescribably beautiful, uh, like a snapshot. Like when you when you see the, the particle physicists and they do the, you see like a a picture of when particles collide and there's all kinds of spirals and and this beautiful art. A birth chart is a is an intricate, beautiful announcement, and a a blueprint, if you will, for the possibilities and potential of one's life. The potential is endless, and it's, but it's because this is just one of infinite incarnations. the The birth chart shows this. It's a beautiful gift to each individuation as a sort of a breadcrumb. In a way, it's a breadcrumb back to source. It's also a roadmap and a blueprint for for all the wonderful potential of everything that could be experienced and what are the unique talents and gifts of that individuation. So the joy that the, that the creator, that creation felt when each individuation of itself was birthed into, into existence in this one part of existence, there was such, it was like an orgasmic explosion and it, and it left an imprint. It was like a flashbulb and it was So, the evidence of that or what that looks like is the birth chart. And those of you who 
have made this sort of your life's work. And well, you've made it your life's work. It's your natural passion. It's it's a gift that you brought in, is to is to offer that as an encouragement to help people to help people enhance, um, maximize their experience of of infinity condensed into a body for the sake of experiencing the the most amazingness of every part of one's life. So thank you for letting me say that. <laughs> oh, I, we love it. <laughs> we love it. Um, from my own viewpoint of evolutionary astrology, seeing soul growth, that's what captured me. I'd always found it fascinating to think that we were, it was a tool that our bodies were the same percentage as the earth, 70% water, which was pretty incredible, and that the tides and the forces affected us. But it still wasn't like, what was the usage? It was kind of interesting to, what well, was fascinating to realize that we were like different plants in different spots of soils. Mm -hmm. But when I came upon this idea of, which was some year, during the last eight years, of evolutionary astrology, whew, that opened up the door for me. I will respect other disciplines. There's there's some subtleties that change. Just like you know, if a person sits down at a dinner, some people have fix, get their food from the stove. Others fix it on pots on the table, and some even serve the plates. Mm -hmm. So you know, it's how it's done is different. But I love that, and uh, it is in depth, and that's why how to start a huge uh, program, not to have us here, but I had to think about that for a moment. And archetypes is a start. So the first show does give an umbrella, you might say. It's not just a simple educational thing. It'll touch on various facets, but like in Taurus, we'll touch on plants and we'll maybe herbology and maybe the physical disciplines. There's different ways of incorporating. You have really just opened up the, you have been the teacher here. I, I really hope that your, um, I know that your spiritual counseling must be strong. Besides, you are a realtor here in town, mm -hmm. but you really uh, have great gifts to share. And so, yes, what you said is, is wonderful. We are a thumbprint of the universe. Yeah. <laughs> and by yeah, looking at these in depth, kind of understand, not kind of, but definitely trying to really focus on what is this purpose? Because Mars and Aries is the ignition. Maurice Fernandez, who is a, a wonderful, well, is a teacher, a gifted soul, president of Organization of Professional Astrology, which I'm easily advertising um, as a resourceful, marvelous group, um, says in his many teachings, gives great credit to Mars, that Mars, it's that spark, that going forward. It is something to understand. We do have archives in our, available at web, not web, um, at uh, yes, on our web at uh, Talk Cosmos, it's under it's under the radio programs. So whether it's Annie's talk or Liz's last week about Aries, please feel free to well enjoy. And we will have comments. We will be able to interact. It's a growth process, 
Well, learning how to put these pieces together. So, Annie, I'm looking, I'm thinking, we only have, well, right now, I guess we need to say goodbye. If you have a short, in one minute, we're going to say mm-hmm. adieu. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> and um, so it's... I would just encourage everybody that um, what I've spoken of today, access to the direct access into knowing what you are on the absolute level is, is, is as simple as this. Just ask yourself, sense into the, the knowing that you exist, the I exist, and follow that and put your attention there and put your loyalty and your allegiance there in that, in that space between thought. And you can, thoughts are not likely to cease. You can turn your attention away from the content of thought and buying into them and just be in that still space prior to and between thought and um, taste this for yourself. Perfect. Thank you and thank you. Thank you, thank you, you so much. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.